I couldn't take the calls anymore. I just couldn't take knowing. There was nothing I could do to stop them from coming through. I had to put an end to it. It all started this summer, when I was playing with my eldest daughter, Chrissy. My kid absolutely loved toy cars, so I gave her my matchbox collection, which I'd kept in the attic since my childhood. She was driving some farm animals around on the hood of my most prized possession, a classic fire truck with all its original parts and an unblemished paint job. When she suddenly stopped our caravan, halfway to Mount Marshmallow Snowflakes, also known as the white leather couch in the corner. Daddy, she said, her voice sweet and innocent. Yes, honey, I replied. Daddy, don't answer the phone, she told me. Having not heard my phone ringing, I wasn't sure what she meant by this. She'd probably seen the screen on my smartphone lighting up from an incoming call. I had a tendency to forget to unmute the thing after meetings at the office. I guess that Chrissy didn't want our playtime to end, so I assured her daddy wasn't going anywhere and left the phone alone. She smiled and we continued our game. Later, I checked my call history, but discovered that there hadn't been any incoming calls. I didn't really give it much thought, to be honest. A few weeks later, the same thing happened while we were playing doctor and giving Mr. Fuzzy Wuzzy his annual checkup. Chrissy looked up towards the kitchen and dropped her stuffed bear. Daddy... Don't answer the phone, whispered Chrissy in a frightened tone. This time, I chose not to heed her warning. I got up and checked my smartphone right away. No incoming calls. Following Chrissy's gaze, I realized that she was actually looking at the old telephone on the kitchen wall. We had disconnected the landline and unplugged it years ago. My wife had been asking me to take it down the day I'd cancelled our residential phone service. We had both gotten cell phones and wanted to put the money towards something more useful. The bulky white device was screwed into the wall. I kept forgetting to dismount it whenever I had my tools out, and I was too lazy to get them from the garage for such a menial task. I'm shocked my wife didn't wind up removing it herself, since it bothered her so much. Honey, that's not a real phone. No one's calling, I told Chrissy, ruffling her hair. It took Chrissy a few moments, but she eventually went back to playing as though nothing had happened. It was probably some kind of new game she had learned in school or something. She was seven, and had a bunch of imaginary friends. Maybe she'd gotten into an argument with Princess Pufflecakes, and didn't want to take her call. I didn't worry about it too much. It wasn't until the third imaginary call that I started to get concerned. Chrissy and I were having a Ninja Turtles tea party. I was dressed in a pink tutu, with Michelangelo's bandana and a crown on my head. Never underestimate what a father would do to put a smile on his kid's face. I got up to get more juice. Chrissy grabbed me by my frilly skirt looking absolutely terrified. Daddy, don't answer the phone, she pleaded. There was something in her eyes that compelled me to put an end to her weird game. She really looked freaked out. I no longer thought she was playing some sort of reverse psychology Simon says. If she was making it up, why did she look so genuinely worried? It might be important, sweetheart, don't worry. Daddy will tell those evil telemarketers to leave you alone. I playfully replied as I snuck out of her grasp. I made my way to the kitchen where I picked up the receiver. I turned towards my daughter to give her a reassuring thumbs up, bringing the receiver to my ear. I fully expected to hear silence. Silence, however, was not what I heard. There was static on the line, which surprised me enough that I pulled the phone away for a moment to look at it in disbelief. When I brought it back to my ear, I heard a voice on the other end. 232, Ark Road, Fire, 12, whispered a man tonelessly. 
What the fuck? I answered, perplexed. My wife must have been playing a trick on me. She'd probably convinced Chrissy to help her out so I'd do my job and get rid of the phone. I immediately yanked the cord and it came flying towards me, hitting me square in the face. I was stunned. It was far too loose to have been in the jack. When I asked my wife about it, she had no idea what I was talking about. The next morning, I absentmindedly checked my emails while the news played in the background. There was a segment about a fire in an apartment complex. At first, I didn't pay much attention, but then I heard the address. 232 Jean D'Arc Road. Twelve residents had perished in the inferno. I nearly dropped my number one dad coffee mug on the floor. I didn't know what to do. It was too late to call the police and tell them I'd gotten a creepy warning call about the fire. They'd think I was a nutter or an attention seeker. I took a moment to calm down and rationalize what had happened. It was just a very weird and very scary coincidence. Days later, I was playing Sudoku on the couch when Chrissy walked over, wearing a worried expression on her face. Daddy, don't answer the phone. She whispered, tears in her eyes. Something in the pit of my stomach told me not to go, but I had to know. I made my way to the kitchen and picked up the receiver. This time, a British-sounding woman spoke to me through the disconnected phone. 15 Veneer Street, Fire, 3, she announced. Logically, you'd think I'd go to the police or a fire station to tell them what was going to happen. But here's the thing. I've watched the shows, so I know how these things pan out. You've got an attractive male protagonist who gets a forewarning, which is accurate. I won the Most Handsome Daddy of the Year award, as decided on my very unbiased daughter on Father's Day last year. I even have the trophy to prove it. The protagonist tells the cops about his predictions. Naturally, the cops accuse him of being the perpetrator. They lock him up, but he gets out on some technicality, rushes to the scene of the would-be crime, and saves the day. He becomes a true hero in the eyes of everyone. Close curtains. Yeah, I'm not that guy. I'm not saying I'm a coward, but look, I've got two daughters to care for. I can't go putting myself in dangerous situations where I could realistically wind up dead. I instead bought a disposable phone and used it to call the police. In the past 10 years, there have been a lot of suspicious fires in our city, leading the police to suspect that there's a pyromaniac on the loose. Thus far, he or she has burned down a church, a postal office, an outdoor mall, and a smaller post office inside a mall. I'm going to let you take a wild guess as to what the police officer had to say when I warned him about the potential fire at 15 Veneer Street. If you guessed, he accused you of being the pyromaniac and asked you to turn yourself in. Then you deserve a cookie, because that's exactly what happened. I hung up and tossed the phone in a trash can across town. The next day, I watched as the news crew covered the story. The authorities had sent police officers to investigate what turned out to be an abandoned building. Three officers had gotten locked in the basement. A fire broke out, and none of them made it out. I felt guilty and powerless. If I hadn't have warned them, the cops wouldn't have been in there, and no one would have died. It was my fault. I couldn't sleep a wink that night, the horrid feeling in my gut eating away at me. The process repeated over the course of the next few months. Chrissy would ask me not to answer the phone. I'd pick it up, and I'd hear a different voice speaking. I'd be given an address, method of death, and the amount of people killed. 89 Oosgro Avenue, Knife, 1. Mrs. Larkin had been stabbed to death during a home invasion. 60 Star Circle, gas leak, 10. The Campbells were enjoying a family reunion and failed to notice the smell of rotten eggs. 79 Jean Jack Lashore, gun, 3. Maria, Jamie and Allison were shot dead while walking home in the early hours of the morning. 
and so on and so forth, until I couldn't take it anymore. I remember all their names and faces. I saw them on the news reports. I think about them when I go to bed, knowing there was nothing I could do to save them, but tormented by the fact that I didn't even try. Depression started to creep over me, and I could barely eat or sleep. My wife started to get worried, but I couldn't tell her. I was afraid she'd be disappointed in me for my inaction, so I lied. I told her I was stressed out because of work. A few weeks ago, I'd finally had enough. Unable to keep myself from answering these phantom calls, I decided there was no other option. I stormed into my garage and desperately unscrewed the phone from the wall. As I held the device, I felt a wave of anger rush over me. This thing, this damn telephone, it caused me so much grief. I took it to the driveway and furiously smashed it into the concrete with a hammer until there was nothing left but dust and debris. When it was over, I cleaned the mess. The sensation of freedom was euphoric. My whole body tingled as my heavy burden lifted from my shoulders. That night, I made our favorite family meal and dessert to celebrate. My wife was relieved that I'd gotten over whatever it was that was bothering me, and enjoyed that the eyesore in the kitchen had finally been removed. I have a piece of advice for you. If you have a disconnected landline and haven't gotten around to removing it, please take a lesson from me. Get rid of it immediately and, above all else, do not pick up the receiver. My life has returned to normal since I got rid of that wretched phone. As I'm typing this, my wife is giving our youngest daughter a bath. I can hear them singing the bubble bath song and giggling. Chrissy is in the living room with me. She's playing with this silly pink Disney phone. It's one of those fancy schmancy glittery toys. A pimped out version of the Fisher Price rotary phone I used to have when I was a kid. Every dial projects a different message from one of the Disney princesses. It's weird. She'd never shown any interest in it before. It's not a real phone. It doesn't even have a cord. But there's that look in her eyes again. She's worried. And I know what she wants to say. No. It's just a toy. It's just a toy. It's just a toy. I'm going to check. I need to know. Shit, shit, shit. I can hear static on the other end. It's a man's voice. He's saying... It's my address. Propane explosion. Four. I need to get my girls out of here. Please. Please don't let it be too late.